irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. LA Talk Radio, this is Max and Friends, and all podcasting platforms, welcome to the show. If you're joining me for the first time, where have you been? I'm here like almost 14 years now. This May will be 14 years, 2022. Well, we're in the final stretch of, uh, <laughs> dare I say, 2021. I feel like this show should be timeless and we shouldn't even talk about the new year coming. We should just talk about the moment. <laughs> How is your moment? Tweet me at Max Tucci, Instagram me at Max Tucci, and I encourage you now to go to my Instagram at Max Tucci because I'm honored and proud to announce that I am part of a wonderful book called Meditation, Intimate Experience with the Divine Through Beautiful Practices. So meditation, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? The book that I've been asked to be a part of features Sister Dr. Jenna, Jean Houston, Sister Dianti, Reverend Stacy Goforth, Charlie Hogg, Dr. Ann Dynan, and so many amazing, amazing individuals. The book really is one of stories, storytelling of our meditation, of heartfelt stories by groups of amazing thought leaders, spiritual leaders, truth seekers, meditators. We share our insights on the power of meditation with the intentions to have the book inspire you and teach you to activate your inner power through meditation. You'll learn how to listen to your inner silence so you can overcome life's obstacles. You'll learn about my journey with meditation and how I started meditating about 13 years old. My guest who's joining us today, the gift I give you is meditation. We're gonna walk through this journey together we're going to talk about what meditation means, how it could benefit your life, how it could really transform your life, and how in this now moment, in this precious gift, your life can unfold through meditation effortlessly. My guest has been here before. The book, Happy Soul, Hungry Mind, it's a wonderful gift. I encourage you right now to go get it. And just to back up for a moment about the book that I'm doing the meditation, intimate experiences with the divine through contemplative practices. Mac. I had said beautiful practices. Yes. And so, um, so what we're saying is with that book, you can go right now to my Instagram page and there you'll find the link and the link there. You can pre-order my book uh, with the book that I'm a part of the meditation. Happy soul, hungry mind is the book we're talking about now as well. Because my friend, my guest, Ravi Kathuria is back. And welcome to Max and Friends. Ravi, namaste. Namaste, Max. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. It's so good uh, to be back on your show. Thank you for having me back. And what a beautiful intro, Max. Congratulations 
on on this enterprise, uh, this book that you're putting together with all these renowned names, but more importantly, the topic, the subject of the book, meditation. And you said it, meditation is the biggest, the greatest gift that the universe has given to humankind. It is the biggest miracle that we would ever come across. Mm. You know, Ravi, from the last time we had you on the show with our beloved Ash, we talked about what is God. Now we can talk yeah. about what is meditation. <laughs> what is meditation? <laughs> so before we get into the show, you know, there was just a little bit of, before I started recording this show, you know, life all around me is amazing how it all unfolds. And there was this frantic energy of scattered energy. And just in the moment of stillness, to be still and take that breath, that inhale, and that exhale centers me into clarity, into the space and now. So no matter what just happened is a distant memory because now I'm in this now moment and my breath has brought me here. And just that breath is my meditation. So before we get into the show about meditation, Ravi, how have you been? How are you? I, am, I have been doing well, uh, Max. Thank you for asking me. Uh, we are all on our journeys and we all have to make progress. We all have to work hard. But at the end of the day, as you just said, we all have to center because the journeys are not for going somewhere else. The journey is from our mind to our soul. It's the journey from the external to the internal. And we all have to make that journey and get closer and closer to our very essence. Mm. Let's expand on that. What does the journey mean to our soul? Is our soul yes. here? What does that mean? And what is our soul? Yes, great, great question. Great question. So let's, let's start with the second question, then we'll go to the first question. What is the soul? The soul is the life force in us. It's the dynamic energy. It's the cosmic energy that flows through us. And as long as the soul is present, we are alive. When the soul leaves this body, we are no longer considered alive. So the soul is the divine in us. The soul is this life energy in us. And what does the journey mean to the soul? You asked that question. That we're going to pick up on that question. We're going to pick up on the journey. But, you know, when I hear the amazing... Um, Let's call it a proverb. For the soul, there's neither birth nor death. It is eternal and everlasting. So if the yeah. soul is everlasting, all that really is left behind is the shell. Do we really die? No, we cannot die. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of life. <laughs> it's eternal and that everlasting. That, that is the beauty of life. And, and what a beautiful life is that we can make a statement <laughs> so profound and we can immediately laugh about this. How beautiful is that? Yeah. And we cannot die because the soul is eternal. The yeah. soul was not born. It cannot die. The soul yeah. is energy. And the greatest physicist 
who walked the earth, Albert Einstein, gave us this fascinating, mind-boggling statement, which is a which is a statement in physics, but I think is one of the greatest spiritual statement. And he says, "Energy cannot be destroyed, not created." Energy can only be transformed, but it cannot be destroyed or created. The soul, your soul, my soul, everyone, every living being, its soul is energy. That energy can never be destroyed. It cannot be created. It exists. It is eternal. What we call as death, it's just transformation. It's routine transformation creation, destruction, and recreation that we see in the universe constantly happening. When a, when a seed dies, a plant is born. But the seed really didn't die. It got transformed into a plant. When a flower dies, it becomes a fruit. But the flower didn't really die. It transformed into a fruit. And the fruit then dies to become the seed. But the fruit didn't really die. So it's this constant cycle of transformation. You look anywhere in the universe, this fascinating universe is just these cycles. Everything is a cycle. And our soul... Transformation. It's a transformation, right? It is a constant transformation. Everything is constantly transforming in this universe. You know, my friend Gordana Birnat says, the only thing constant is change. <laughs> yes. And that's yes. it. When we talk yes. about the journey of the soul, it reminds me of one of my favorite books from Alan Watts, The Wisdom of Insecurity, a message mm. for an age of anxiety. Okay. And this book was published in 1951. And he was talking <laughs> about a message for an age of anxiety. <laughs> right? <laughs> How the age of anxiety. And he has <laughs> has I, followed us throughout the decades. I, and he I writes, wonder how he would how he would title his book now. <laughs> the same title. <laughs> no, that's how the about the age of change? <laughs> yeah, the age of super anxiety. <laughs> now that's a, we will talk about that super anxiety and how meditation can help that. But yeah. I want to talk about the book that he wrote because here he says the great stream, and to me this is the journey of life that in Alan Watts words, we seem to be like flies caught in honey because life is so sweet. We do not want to give it up. And yet the more we become involved in it, the more we are trapped, limited and frustrated. We love it and hate it at the same time. We fall in love with people and possessions only to be tortured by anxiety for them. The conflict is not only between ourselves and the surrounding universe, it is between ourselves and ourselves. For intractable nature is both around and within us. The exasperating life, which is at once lovable and perishable, pleasant and painful, a blessing and a curse, is also the life of our own bodies. It is as if we divide it into two parts. One, the hand, there is the consciousness, I, and once integrated and baffled, the creature who is caught up in the trap. On the other hand, there is me, and me is a part of nature, the wayward flesh within all its concurrently beautiful and frustrating imitations. Is that the journey of the soul? <laughs> yeah. Is that so, the yes. journey of the soul? 
thank you for for reading that excerpt. How beautiful. Yes. So we have, you know, as Alan talks about it, who is getting stuck in the honey? We mm. have two two uh, entities. We have the soul, and we have the mind. Mm-hmm. The soul is eternal. The journey, the entity that is going through the journey is the mind. The mind is caught up in the honey of this material world, and the mind in its infinite restlessness and hunger, hungers for things in the material world, gets caught up, and then suffers anxiety because it cannot either preserve the things that it has or it gets depressed by the things that it's not able to acquire. So the mind is constantly caught in this hunger cycle, in this cycle of satiating its hunger and then developing new hunger. It never ends for the mind. The mind is restless. And all the time, the soul, the pure, pristine soul waits patiently. It waits with its arms open for the mind to calm down and instead of looking externally, to turn around and look internally and find that its true beloved, the soul, is waiting with arms open. And that's when the journey of the mind finds its destination. When the mind calms down and it experiences its true nature. Mm. It's true nature. Happy soul, hungry mind. Ravi Thakuri is my guest here on Max and Friends this evening, this morning or this afternoon, depending on where you are in time and space. We were talking about super anxiety. What does that mean? What does anxiety mean, Ravi? (laughs) Ah, beautiful question. Beautiful question, Max. And many of us don't realize this, but we carry stress all through our lives. Ever since we are teenagers or even as kids, we all start developing stress and we carry it. It's a burden we carry on our shoulders. And then as we go through adult life, we go through and and we reach a stage in life when we begin to suffer from chronic stress, where the stress becomes debilitating. Now, when we experience stress, we have the choice we are able to put that load down. We are able to free ourselves. But there comes a stage when chronic stress turns into anxiety. Anxiety is when it becomes involuntary. Mm. And it goes, when it dives deeper into our subconscious, and then you could be sitting in a perfectly normal or even a happy situation, and an anxiety attack can happen. And you don't know why that is happening because you look around, you say, everything is going well for me. Why do I feel this anxiety? But the anxiety is coming from deep within because all that stress that you have carried over the years has seeped into the subconscious. And the subconscious then, when it is no longer able to deal with it, it will will rear its ugly head, that stress that has gone deep will rear its ugly head as involuntary anxiety, and then anxiety takes you over. Mm. Why does anxiety take one over? Yes, yes, because, you know, the mind, the mind, if you think about the mind, 
it is not just the conscious level. The mind has many layers. And the deeper you go, it has the deeper subconscious layers. So every experience that you have in life, every thought that you have in life, every action that you have in life, all of these are leaving impressions on the subconscious mind. If you think now, when thought, you, yeah, no, when you think good thoughts, good thoughts happen. It's the it's for every action, there's a reaction, right? <laughs> yes. But yes. you said the mind is the mind. You know, you said to think about the mind. If I were to think about the mind, it would be like me trying to bite my own teeth. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Beautiful. This is beautiful. This this uh, aspect that you bring up. Most of us think we are the mind. Right. But the the amazing realization when we come to it, we realize we are not the mind. I am not the mind. Then who am I if I am not the mind? I am the owner of the mind. So I talk about in, in Happy Soul Hungry Book, um, I'm sorry, not Hungry Book, Happy Soul Hungry Mind in the, in the book, I talk about this. Is the day we start creating a little distance and arm's length from our own mind, then we are able to get to the point where we become the master of the mind, not the slave of the mind. So if you if you go to the park and you see people who are walking their their dogs, you'll see some people the dog is leading, and they're barely trying to hold on to this. Uh, you know, sometimes there are bigger dogs, but they're trying to hold them back. And at other times, you watch others, the dog is following, and you're able to tell from that who is the master in those situations. I am not the mind, I am the owner of the mind. We all need to remind ourselves of that because then we begin to master the mind and the mind does our bidding. Otherwise, we go through life and the mind is our master. We become slave to whatever the mind wants, does, and suffers. But can we really own anything? Because I think ownership, there's this, there's this illusion that the more a thing tends, this is the realness of it, that the more a thing tends to be permanent, the more it tends to be lifeless. So do we really own anything? Fair enough. So maybe there is a better word than own. But what the, the point is, is distinguishing between you and the mind and recognizing that you could be under complete control of the mind or you could be in control of the mind. Mm. Who has control? Do you have control or does the mind have control? You know, there's a wonderful quote that this reminds me of from John D. Rockefeller that says, own nothing, control everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So let's talk about control. Why yeah. do we feel it necessary to be in control? Yes, we don't, you know, that, that is absolutely right. We do not have to be in control of life circumstances. 
we do try that. We try our mind things. It wants to be in control of life's situations. Mm -hmm. But the truth about life is we never, ever can control life. People talk about, well, I, can, I will control my destiny. That is harmful thinking. You cannot control your destiny. And the more you try, the more you set up yourself for frustration and maybe even later depression. Mm. So life is not something to be controlled. You have to do your part and then understand that life has a flow and mm. you go with the flow. Mm. You know, Alan Watts says that the simplicity of life is just to live. That's all. I proposed a question the other night, and then we're going to play a song. My guest right now is Ravi Katuria, the book Happy Soul, Hungry Mind, we're talking about here on Max and Friends, and the other book that I'm part of, Meditation, Intimate Experiences with the Divine Through Contemplative Practices. That's a pre-order right now. If you click on the link or if you go to Amazon and Barnes & Noble, you'll find it there. But I wanted to talk about the simplicity of life. We're going to play a song here in just a moment. We're going to talk about meditation, so don't go anywhere. It's a life class here on Max and Friends, but the question that I propose that I'm going to leave with until we come back from this song is if you knew the day you were going to die, would you change the way you live? We'll be right back on Max and Friends, the song, Bel, Bel, Muriga. Stay tuned.
Belville Muriga from my friend Nandaji. Go to LinkedIn right now. You can find Nandaji Yogi right now. That's N-A-N-D-H-I-J-I Yogi, Y-O-G-I. He's a visionary, a yogi, humanitarian, mentor, musician, artist, a friend to the show. That's one of my favorite songs. He, he just loves when we play it here on Max and Friends. I guess tonight, Ravi Kathuria, we're talking about meditation. Happy soul, hungry mind. What does it mean to meditate? And the question that I left with before we went to the song was, if you knew the day you were going to die, would you change the way you live your life? And I asked that to friends, Ravi, and they all say, yeah, of course. And then my reply to them is, well, then you should change right now because you're going to die. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You are going to die. <laughs> How many friends do you have, Max? <laughs> I have a show called Max and Friends for that reason. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I propose that question to you. And I say to you, Ravi, if you knew the day you were going to die, would you change the way you live your life today? No, I couldn't. <laughs> because the choices that I have made are my choices. These are my choices. The free will to choose. Yes. And we all know the path. We know the path. I know where the path leads. And in my own yeah. small way, mm -hmm. I take a step every day towards that path so where does the path leave where does the path yeah. leave i have to interrupt you because i hear guests saying our listeners saying where does the path lead where yes. do we go <laughs> yes i i don't have to go nowhere max i don't have to go anywhere because <laughs> you're here right now on max and friends which is the perfect place to be and i thank you all for tuning in i promise you we're going to talk about meditation you know there's this build up to talk to the the, the conversation, but I know with all my conversations, conscious conversations, that they all unfold naturally and that where we are right now is exactly where we're supposed to be. So get your notepads out and get your fingers typing because we're going to talk about meditation and what does it mean. So Ravi, what does meditation mean? Yes, beautiful question, Max, beautiful question and beautiful topic for today's discussion. What does meditation mean? So let me share this with your listeners and our listeners. Meditation is not something we do. Meditation is something that happens to us. So let me give you an example. There's a swimming pool and if you say, I am floating, that is an inaccurate statement. Because the truth is you cannot float. It's water that is floating you. What is the accurate statement is for you to say, I am still and water is floating me. If you say I am floating, you are taking credit for what water is doing. Mm. You are 
staying still. That is all you are doing. That is all there is in your domain. Whether you float or whether you drown, there is something else that is water who is responsible for that. Your responsibility is to be still. And meditation, there is... Sorry, go ahead. I love that. We're going to talk about the meditation. It's also... Meditation also can have the definition of relaxation, to relax. And I love this quote with water because I've, I read it as to have faith is to trust yourself to the water. When you swim, you don't grab hold of the water because if you do, you will sink and drown. Instead, you relax and float. Yeah. So let's replace relax with instead you meditate and float. Yes. Yes. And so meditation is the same way. There are so many techniques that people have shared about meditation. And sometimes uh, people get a little bit intimidated when they think about meditation. Meditation, for it to happen to you, is the simplest things that you have to do. And just mm -hmm. like if you want to float in water, you have to be still because if you're lying on water and you're panicking, you will drown for sure and you'll drown faster if you panic. Mm. But if you lay still, water will carry you. And it's the same phenomenon in meditation. It's amazing how beautiful nature is. Is when all you have to do is say, I am going to sit down and just be calm. When you Easier that, said than done. Easier said yes. than done. No, um, absolutely. And we, we will get into the, the aspects of becoming calm and why that too actually is quite easy. It takes time, but it really is easy. I know if you, if you go with an agenda, if you go with this, you know, in, in the material world, everything we approach, we approach with a benchmark. We say, oh, I need to achieve this. I need to achieve this by this time, this much. When you come to the spiritual world, all these benchmarks actually become a hindrance. If all you say to yourself is, I want to be still, I will be still, then magic of nature begins to take over and meditation will happen to you. Mm -hmm. All you have to say is, I will sit down and I will be calm. And then whatever has to happen will happen. And that is the power. That is the power. You don't have to stand up on your head. You don't have to do anything. It is so simple. So I have shared on, on YouTube, I've shared this video on simple, powerful meditation. It's a, it's a technique that I've shared and I've made the case that it's the simplest, but as you advance, it also becomes the most powerful because it is a natural mechanism. You have to realize that meditative capability is present in every human being. I cannot give it to you. I cannot take it away from you. It's like swimming. That ability is present in every human being. And it is present since the moment they're born. 
Nobody can come and gift you swimming ability. Your meditative ability is there in you. Everyone has it. And all you have to do is to say, I will sit down and I will be calm. And then the question you, you said, look, Ravi, that, that is easier said than done. And that's absolutely right. If you have never meditated in your life before and you are a person who's living a very active life, who likes to be engaged in the material world and, and has been very busy and, and loves all kinds of stimuluses, right? Stimuli. You, you go out and you, you, you watch TV, you're on your phone, you're looking at news all the time, you're talking with friends, you're doing all of this. If you sit down, surely it will take you time before your mind begins to calm down. But what you have to do, and in, in meditation, when, when people ask me, I said the most important thing when it comes to meditation is being regular. Mm. You must be regular. You must show up every day. And if you can, then maybe multiple times a day, but at least once a day, and just sit down. And what happens to a, nat to a normal human being is when they sit down and you say, okay, I'm sitting down, Ravi, I'm, I am going to sit down and I'm going to calm down. In three seconds, their mind begins to run at 100 miles an hour. They say, I'm getting this thought. I'm getting thoughts about work. I'm getting thoughts about family. I'm getting thoughts about fear. I'm getting thoughts about anxiety. I'm getting thoughts about excitement. What is going to happen tomorrow? All these thoughts rush through the mind. And I say, yes, I know. I know that is the nature of the mind. But the meditation that I am prescribing is really simple. I say, it's okay. You just sit down and you say, I will be calm. And the mind will run. And I use this example. is If you have um, a little dog as a pet and he's an energetic dog, you're not going to be able to contain him. He's very energetic. The only way you're going to let him calm down is you open the leash in your backyard, hopefully it's a closed backyard, and let him run. And he'll run and run and run and run and ultimately come and sit at your feet. And at that time, you try and push him away. He won't go. He will sit at your feet. Your mind is the same thing. Every day but you also, sit down. But also, there's also the little puppy that will run, 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 and just run away and <laughs> will never sit at your feet. <laughs> and is, here is, is where I think, <laughs> here is where Max, I think. I was, I was anticipating that. That is why I said it was a closed backyard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but a closed backyard is an illusion. Because a dog can build, <laughs> uh, can dig a hole under the fence. <laughs> no fence. And that's what our mind does. Our mind, instead of being still, right? No, <laughs> absolutely. The dog I, I, to return, our mind will try to run after the dog. Yes. Instead, let the dog run. Yes. Let the dog yes. run no. like thoughts. Let them go. To chase yes. the dog will be a day of chasing a dog in circles and circles and circles and exhaustion. And that's the same with thoughts. If you chase your thoughts, you will be exhausted. 
Yes, no. And so when you sit for, you know, when you sit down to calm down, you will get thoughts. But what you do not do is, you you know, you as best as you can, you try and observe the thoughts. Or even if you get caught up in the thoughts, what will happen is you'll observe for a while, but sooner or later you will get caught up in the thoughts. And that's all right. See, the mind has a lot on its mind. <laughs> all right? Mm-hmm. It has a lot on its plate. And so it wa- it needs to exhaust all of that. And it can so happen that you sit down and you say, I'm going to calm myself down for 15 minutes. And then 15 minutes go by and you realize that all that time was spent in thoughts. The mind was so active that it produced one thought after the other and you ran out of time, right? And that's all right. That's perfectly all right. Don't blame yourself. Do not feel guilty, okay? Do not feel any lesser. You say that is fine. That is what the mind needed to do. But next day, you come and sit again. And the mind will do that. And so this might happen Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The mind is doing that. Then maybe on Saturday, the mind might be a little bit little calmer. You still let it do what it needs to do. Maybe mm-hmm. by Sunday. Or if you're a very active person, you may have to go through, I don't know, 15 months of doing this. But what will happen is sooner or later, depending on how active your mind is, soon the quantity and the veracity of those thoughts will become lesser and lesser. And the mind will learn to quiet down and to calm down. When people come and tell me I meditated, Ravi, and you know I, I had... I was expecting to calm down and I did not calm down. My mind was very active and I didn't have a good meditation session. So there are two things that I tell them. And this is very important. First, when you sit for meditation, have no expectations. Do not have any expectations of I will feel peace because people ask me, well, I've been meditating for three days, Ravi, but I'm not feeling any more peaceful. (laughs) I said, that's the problem. Have no expectations. In everything else in in the material world, any action we take, we have an expectation. If I do this, I will get this. If I do this, I want this. But when you come to meditation, please have zero expectations. Just do it for the sake of doing it. And so you sit down and you calm down. And if you have no expectations, which means you're not thinking, oh, I did not feel peaceful today or I felt more peaceful than yesterday or I met more peaceful than Friday or, oh, Friday was a great peaceful day. Today I will feel even more peaceful. Please stop the thinking. Don't feed the mind. Let the mind do what it is doing. Distance yourself from the mind. Observe it and just be regular. Keep doing it. And the second thing that I tell people is that You may sit down for meditation and you may say, I want to be calm and whatever time you have available, exhaust. And then you say, well, my mind was very active and I did not really experience any peace. What is happening is that even though your conscious mind was active, in that duration, your subconscious mind is beginning to clean itself. So you Hmm. may even not realize but the seeds of peace are being born in you even as you sit down. 
Mm. Even as you sit down, Ravi Katoria, my guest right now, and Max and Friends, Happy Soul, Hungry Mind, the book you can get right now to continue the knowledge that Ravi brings to us here in this experience we call life. Ravi, we have a few minutes left, and before we get going, I want to talk to you about what is something, what is a practice? We've spoken about techniques and now a practice. If we're sitting at home right now thinking, I can't do this, I can't be still, I can't meditate, I don't know what it means, I don't get it. What do you feed the hungry with? What do you say to those listeners who don't know how to meditate? What can they practice in this right now moment? Yes. And we start by telling them, stop judging yourself. This is not an examination. This is not a test. Nobody is going to grade you. All right? So stop judging yourself. Stop the game of expectations. And so all you need to do if you're sitting at home, our listeners, please become comfortable. If you can fold your legs, great. But if you cannot, just find somewhere where you are comfortable. Turn off any electronics. Turn off the phone if you can. And just sit down and close your eyes. That is all you have to do. That is all you have to do. And if you do that, and you keep doing that day after day, nature will reward you. Because in you lie the seeds of peace. The peace is already in you. I cannot give you peace. You cannot go to a place of worship to give you peace. You do not have to go to a pilgrimage to gain peace. You do not have to climb Mount Everest to find the peace. The peace is in you. It exists right now. All you have to do is just learn to sit down comfortably dim the lights, and close your eyes. Mm. Let the mind run, and someday will arrive when the mind will begin to slow down. In between those thoughts, you will see a glimpse of peace, a glimpse of silence, and you will see it. Don't get excited. Don't get into the expectation game. Just watch it. It will come and it will go. And then many moons later, what you will find happening to you, you will see that the moments of silence will become more and more and more. Then you will have more silence, a little thought, and then the thought will go away, and then you'll go back to silence. And mm. as the mind calms down, and the mind completely quiets down, the biggest miracle of your life will happen. Your soul, your journey to your soul will begin to happen because you will begin to witness the evidence of your soul. The energy in you will begin to shine through. Just like when the clouds depart, the sun shines through. When the clouds of thoughts of the mind completely quiet down, your soul in its vibrancy will begin to shine through and you will experience what it truly is to be a human being. Mm. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? For me, my listeners, our listeners, what I offer to you 
is that breath is a beautiful gift. It's one thing that no one teaches us how to do, but yet we know how to do it. And just as beautiful as the inhale is, the exhale is even more rewarding. I leave this quote with you because it is one that I use on a daily. It's a reminder from, of course, the none other than Alan Watts. Breathing is important in the practice of meditation because it is the faculty in us that is simultaneously voluntary and involuntary. You can feel that you are breathing and equally you can feel that is breathing you. So it is a sort of bridge between the voluntary world and the involuntary world, a place where they are one. I'm going to leave you with take some time to breathe, take some time to inhale, take some more time to exhale, let your exhale be longer than your inhale, and take some time to love yourself. Ravi, we have to wrap this show up. I'm grateful that you were able to join me today, tonight, in this moment. Happy soul, hungry mind, and Max and friends. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Max. Thank you. Thank you so much. For Thank you. I wish you and our listeners all the best on their journey from the mind to the soul. And meditation mm -hmm. is the vehicle that takes us to our souls. It is, it is. Well, thank you so much. Namaste to you, my friend. We're going to pick up this conversation a little bit after the show. But right now, I'm going to remind you to buy the book, Happy Soul, Hungry Mind. And of course, go pre-order meditation, intimate experiences with the divine through contemplative practice. Practice, practice, practice. Until next time, I love you all for tuning in. Good night and good karma. And remember, take life to the max. I'm your host, Max Tucci, for Max and Friends.